0: What is going on, everybody? We got another episode of the Blake Benz podcast. Uh, If you are a first time listener, this is a podcast where we talk about all things related to life, leadership, entrepreneurship, business. Uh, I also tell a lot of random different stories of things that I've done and people that I've talked to. And I'm really excited about today's episode because today we are talking about something that I feel like, whether it's for your personal life, professional life, if you're a business owner, whatever, whatever title you live by, this is something that I think is not just a total momentum killer. I think it's an influence killer. I think it's something that if you fall into this trap, what'll happen is it'll prevent you from actually elevating and moving on to the next level in your life. And when I say next level, I don't, I don't say that out of like hokiness or like out of clicheisms or, you know, go to unlock the inner, you go to the next level. What, I, what I'm saying is I feel like in life, we have these levels of influence that we live at. And ideally we're always moving towards greater levels of influence. And so for example, uh, I am a business coach today and so I work with business owners And essentially what I do is I give them advice on their business. I try to help them make more money. I try to uh, mentor them, especially related to management. Well, prior to doing that, the level before that was I was spending a lot of times with uh, middle managers, some senior managers, and some slight experiences with owners and C-suites. Before that, if we go way back when, even before I was a teacher, I was a summer camp counselor. And it wasn't just a summer camp where kids like kids were dropped off and it was like you know the parents are celebrating because they have the week off or what have you, but we really felt like not only do we want kids to have a great time, but we really want the kids to feel special. We want them to feel loved. Uh, and an example of that would be one night the kids would play baseball, and the counselor would be the pitcher. Well, if a kid comes up to bat and it's a kid who is a puny, you know, little kid who they have no hand-eye coordination, can't hit the ball to save their life, well, the pitcher will do whatever they can to try to help that kid get on base because that might be the only time that the kid actually experiences just a smidge of success in their life. I know that's a super silly example, but it's, it's, it's an illustration of kind of what the philosophy was at this summer camp. Well, so sometimes you get into these conversations with the kids over things like peer pressure and like, what does it mean to bravely and courageously like stick to your morals and stick to your principles, even when all all the other kids are doing something else. And so it's kind of funny because when I think about my ability to mentor and speak to business owners that all got started years ago as a summer camp counselor. And so when people, sometimes when people talk to me and they say, wow, man, how did you, how did you get to what you're doing now? And, and, and let me make sure I'm not sounding ego driven here. I I have, I have, sometimes I have conversations where I'm like, yikes, I have so much farther to go. But other times I have conversations where people, for whatever reason, they're, they, I said something that was just, just moderately, it made some kind of sense. And they're like, wow, how did you learn that? How did you get to this position today where you're working with these people? What happened? And I say, well, I, I started as a camp counselor and it always kind of makes people look at me funny. Cause they're like, "What, camp counselor, what does that have to do? And I think it's because in, again, in life, we, we always move from levels and probably the most dangerous place you can be in life is when you stop moving forward. I think the thing that keeps us from actually doing that the most generic way we can describe this these are the it's the mindset problem that we have. But it's a problem that you've heard of before. It's this issue called imposter syndrome. And what's so funny about imposter syndrome is I've learned in life that people, everyone deals with lies. I mean, people deal with lies constantly. And I think about the, the greatest outcomes in your life come from the things, the, the lies that we refuse to believe as well as the lies that we choose to accept i think about and i and i don't want to oversimplify anything but i think about a husband and a wife who get divorced it starts with a belief that uh, this person doesn't have my best res- my best interests in mind anymore or this person i don't know if i can trust that their motivation is is inspired out of love uh, and some very toxic breakups you see people who even they have these, these perceptions of the other person as being very unethical or that person's a liar or a backstabber or I can't trust them or what have you. You know, the same thing is true for the great things that we go on and accomplish, right? So when Joy and I have conflict, I have to remind myself that she cares about me. She wants what's best for me. The same thing is true for people in my life who have given me really hard truths. I talked about in one episode about getting yourself around truth-tellers in your life, people who can tell you the, the basic truth even if it hurts, right? And I, I can think about people in my life who have told me very harsh, critical things about who I am and my leadership. And I don't mean this in a negative way. I just mean people who've been willing, they wanted to see me so successful that they were willing to tell me the hard truth in my life. Well, because I believe in that person, I was able to accept that feedback and move on and be successful. But even even beyond like the external, let's talk internal, I had a chance to interview some business owners, about 150 business owners, and I had a chance to ask them, what are what are the biggest issues that you face when it comes to the success of your business? And around maybe 20 to 25% of them all said an answer that had something to do with self-doubt, mindset, uh, my limiting beliefs, the things I tell myself. And I think if we package all of these things together, we 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 put it under the banner of this thing called imposter syndrome. So what is imposter syndrome? Let's I, I, man. I my goal today is to battle against this thing because and again I'm I'm getting a little excited talking about it, but I'm also a bit nervous because because this is something that has has I have struggled with myself especially in the last few years. And it's, it's almost like when I feel like I'm on the cusp of great things happening, that is when the voice inside of my head is the loudest, right? It's like when the lies really permeate to the surface, that's when I feel like, okay, I, I must be on the verge of some kind of breakthrough because everything in me is telling to stop, to quit, to throw in the towel, you know, to, to I just need to like, uh, I just need to like, you know, totally disintegrate my LLC and just go back to being a teacher or, you know, I still got my teaching license. And so maybe I need to go do that or go, go work at Chewy's or, you know, I don't know what it is, but, but it, it's those moments where I feel at the total pit of despair, that something in the back of my mind says, keep going, keep pressing, keep doing it because you're doing something really important. So let's, let's, let's break this down. Let's talk about this. First things first, I want to talk about what it is. I want to break some misperceptions there are about it. And then I want to give you some really practical things you can do to literally obliterate, knock out, get rid of, totally demolish, destroy, whatever, imposter syndrome for good. Okay. First things first, you aren't the only one who feels this way. And I think what's so funny about imposter syndrome is that by definition, what imposter syndrome is, okay, if you're not familiar with the terminology, what it is by definition is it, is it is essentially, it's a belief that you don't belong in the position you're in, in the place that you're in in life, and that you're going to be found out by everyone else. People are going to realize that you are the imposter, so this is me every day is how I feel basically, <laughs> especially on Mondays. And you know, it's it's so funny. Even as I, I had planned on making this podcast a few days ago and was feeling really excited about it. And then today was kind of one of those days where I felt that way and I was feeling really low. I was feeling really like... Man, what am I doing? And I it was even it was even keeping me from wanting to go on and make this podcast. And I was like, no, I I need to make it. I need to put this out because I know, I know I need to make it for myself, but I know there's people out there who really need this as well. And what's so funny about imposter syndrome, like I mentioned, it's it's this belief you're gonna be found out because because you know your junk better than anyone else. Right? I mean, you know, you have sort of like the the social media you, you know what people see publicly. You have uh, what your friends see, and then you have what you see, right? And it's like the person who, and we could all probably relate to this. It's it's when you look in the mirror and you see something, a blemish. You see, uh, you know maybe the hair just doesn't sit exactly right, and it's something that no one else would ever notice, but you notice it. And beyond the physical, when we talk about who we are as people and how we act and how we think we're the exact same way, we see all of the shortcomings we have in terms of processing. I can't A really great example of this, I'll be in a conversation with someone and I'll say something and maybe I didn't say it just the right way or maybe I said something that came across kind of awkwardly. I'll walk away and immediately start thinking like, why did I say that? Why did I say it that way? What was up with that? You know and 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 just start to process like what was I thinking there like what man I need to be a I need to be a more charismatic person, I need to be more eloquent I need to you know I even mentioned how uh this was in a previous episode how at my weekly b and I meetings you don't know, have to give this pitch this thirty second to a minute pitch, and I've always felt really comfortable doing that, but all of a sudden now that I'm in this group. And maybe it's just, it's just, it's, it's because it's on my own now, as opposed to an extension of someone else. But I find myself really nervous. And even after, even beyond being nervous, once I sit down, after I do my pitch, I find myself just, I mean, why did I say it that way? Why didn't I give this example? Like, why didn't I, you know, yada, yada, yada. And what's really wild about imposter syndrome is, Is At its core, it's a belief that people are going to, not only are they going to see the things that that you see in terms of your flaws, but that if they knew, it would disqualify you. So think about all the influence you want to have, the impact you want to have. Think about uh, the people you want to reach, impact, talk to, whatever. If people knew this thing about me, it would disqualify me. And, and obviously I'm not, I'm not talking about like legitimate things like, you know, you murdered someone and buried them under your house. You know, I, I, I'm not talking about like the actual, you know, I have a crippling drug addiction. If someone found out then, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about things that it's, and I mentioned this a minute ago, it's, it's the lies that we believe about ourselves and that then then go on to affect our behavior and what actually prevents us from going to that next level. And I want to tell two stories real quick. I have one person in my life who is an absolute tremendous person. He is one of the greatest influencers I know. He is one of the kindest people I know. He has a heart of gold. This guy his his total purpose in life is to impact other people. And you would know that just from meeting him in a heartbeat. Well, this guy uh, didn't get the level of education that he felt like he should have got in life. And we were having lunch the other day and he said, you know, it's it's always something that I think about. It's almost sort of like this limiting belief factor. It's like this thing that I just always think about. And it was so funny to me. It was funny to me for, for two reasons. First of all, the first thing I, that I thought was it shocked me that I wasn't the only one who dealt with stuff like this in terms of these things that we think about in terms of our quality or our status and and I think that's probably the most encouraging thing about imposter syndrome is it we all we all kind of feel like we're just faking it anyway, right I mean we all kind of feel like like what what the heck are we doing? what the heck are we doing like these people are paying I don't know why they're paying are they paying you money I don't know I mean we're all kind of just like, yeah, I don't know I mean you know, I feel like the same thing's true about parenting. A friend of mine, uh, he's, he's a dad and he's like, dude, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make sure that they're not dirty and that they're not, you know, that they're safe. Right. I I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, we also, I I think that's the first encouraging thing is, you know, whatever you're feeling in terms of your status quality. uh, And I, and I use that word quality really intentionally because I don't want to say like hangups, habits, whatever. I, I say quality because really it's a value conversation. It's it's this, con, this concept of imposter syndrome is I am apprehensive that people will perceive my value and thus my contribution the way that I truly see and think that I know my own value. So let's just get it out of the way right off the bat. Everyone deals with this. Everyone struggles with this to some extent. Uh, except for, except for one small group of people, which I'll, I'll talk about here in a second. But I, I said that there were two things that surprised me about my friend. And I, so the first one is that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not the only one who deals with this kind of stuff. Everyone's dealing with imposter syndrome in some way at different times in their life. The other thing that surprised me, and I think this is maybe one of the bigger takeaways is that I was surprised to hear him talk about his education level because as someone who makes his money, literally working with people, analyzing them, evaluating them, and essentially critiquing them and criticizing them. So so as a coach, basically, as someone who does that for a living, his level of education had never, ever entered my mind. He's someone who's very articulate, very well-spoken, And more importantly, it's something that I don't think anyone else really cares about. Right? I mean, I I, so for for people who know me well, they know I am finishing this doctoral degree. I'm finishing my PhD. And so I've had people who've said, like, Oh my gosh, that's gonna do so much for you. I mean, people are gonna just be blown away and and you know, and I'm polite and yeah, yeah, that's you know, but really I'm I'm only doing it because I'm almost done. Like that's the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm almost done with it. So I might as well finish it because I hate, I I, I hate to say this, but people really don't care. You know, there's things that we think are really important to people that really aren't that important. They're not, they're really not a big deal to people. And, and so like a great example is like your education level. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, and, and not that like resumes aren't important or anything like that or yada, yada, yada what what i'm saying though is that there are things that we think are delimiting delimiting factors about us that really no one else would ever have a problem with, they'd never think about, they'd never talk about it, it would never ever be a deal whatsoever. And this ties into my my second story, the first one being the lunch i have with my friend. The second story is that i think another thing that's so that's such an issue with imposter syndrome is that we can allow it to shape our actions and how we act and what we do. And so one thing that's always been true about myself is that I've always been a more of a, a, an aggressive, direct, candid, tell it like it is type person. Well, a few years ago, maybe like four or five years ago, I had someone who uh you could say maybe set me straight so to speak and it wasn't like one of those people i mentioned who like the truth tellers i mean it wasn't it definitely was a truth teller but it was a person who was setting me straight out of uh, i do i really do not like you and i want you to know why and this person called me arrogant called me uh, you know selfish egotistical whatever it was basically someone who their personality rubbed up the wrong way against my directness, candidness, urgency, what have you. Well, long after I wasn't working with that person anymore, I continued to really think on this and be bothered by uh, this person's words to the point where it became part of my identity was I am egotistical. I am arrogant. And, and I think what could have been a really healthy step towards self-awareness of, okay, yeah, I see how, when I put it this way, I, I see how that is not productive. And so I need to say it this way instead, you know, so before the way I approached it was, you know, I would say it and if it just totally made someone crumble, that was their problem, not my problem. You know, that's their own toughness, not not an issue with my delivering. And so I've had to learn to be softer and and to be aware of that. And that's on this journey of self-awareness. Well, what this person in particular, what it had done was it it framed my belief system around not being that egotistical, arrogant person. So instead of taking that feedback and moving more towards the center, it moved me all the way to the other side. We went from ditch to ditch where now I feel like I'm having to get back to the center and recenter myself because I'll find myself in situations where It's absolutely appropriate to be direct and to be urgent and to be aggressive, but I'll find myself thinking, well, I don't want to be arrogant and I don't want to be like this this guy who's just just being so uh, urgent that I come across as egotistical. So what I'll do instead is I'll say something very mild or milk toast or just something very it's it's not very deliberate it's kind of um it's 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 lost its teeth if that makes sense. And I don't think it's necessarily cost me anything. I mean I I've professionally I've progressed really I mean more than I ever thought was possible for myself. And you know now I'm I'm a business owner which you know really anybody can do but For me, it feels like sort of like the epitome of advancement for myself is now I get to run my own business. And so it hasn't necessarily cost me in terms of any, any kind of progression. I think what it's done, though, is it's it's robbed my influence and impact because I'll be in a conversation with someone and rather than tell that person what really needs to be said I instead find a way around it. And I don't even, I'm not even talking about like candidness or like, you know, that person needed to really hear it. So I didn't say I it's, I'm talking about delivery and teeth, you know, and, and, and I, I that probably sounds really vague or, or strange, but I would probably guess that now and I I've, I noticed this maybe about a year ago on myself. Actually, you know what what caused me to notice it was I was having dinner with a friend of mine and I started the sentence with I know this sounds arrogant, but. And he kind of held up his hand and he said, "Blake, you 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 are not arrogant. And people who know you know you're not arrogant. And so you really don't need to add that qualifier on the start of your sentence. You can just say it. You can just say it and know that that you're not perceived that way, but let, but let's go ahead and let's let's get rid of the qualifier and let's just say it right. And and I thought to myself, why? And it was like one of those light bulb moments of like, why have I been doing that? And it, and I realized it's because I have allowed words in my life to shape my identity. And part of the the uh, illustration of that in terms of imposter syndrome is that I. And maybe it's like a secret belief, like down in my core of I'm an arrogant person and people are going to find out. They're going to figure that out about me. So I have to start my sentences with, hey, I know this sounds egotistical, but, or hey, I don't mean to be arrogant, but. uh, And so I feel like I'm retuning myself back to center. And it's interesting when we talk about self-awareness because the other thing that I want to say to encourage you is if... Everyone deals with imposter syndrome except for a very small, narrow band of people. And these people are predominantly narcissists. These are the people who everything they do is perfect. If it doesn't go well, it's someone else's fault. This is the person who, when they're going to sleep at night, you know, instead of like the rest of us thinking about, okay, I should have done that differently, or tomorrow I'm going to do this instead, or here's how I'm going to reorganize this. The narcissist is the person who they go to sleep and as they're looking up at the ceiling, they're congratulating themselves and they're saying, you know, go you and you're amazing. And, and maybe they even think about things that have gone wrong. And so instead of like self, self identifying and navigating that instead, it's what other people did wrong against them. So if all that to say, if you deal with imposter syndrome, that's a good sign, it means that you have a level of humility in you. It means that you understand that you are mortal, that you are breakable, that you do not do things perfectly, and I think that is one of the healthiest places you can be in life. You know, and I, I think I think what happens with imposter syndrome is we take that a, a notch lower to where we're unproductive, where instead of being in this sort of sort of fertile soil where it's like, man, I can really sow some seeds and grow these different elements of myself that I'm realizing are not good or healthy or as advanced as I want. When we embrace imposter syndrome, we go a, lo- a layer lower than that. And we sa- we start saying things like, I'm not the right person for this. And I can't do this. And I'm not qualified enough. and 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 if they really knew this about me, then you know, whatever that outcome is. And it's an interesting tie-in to, it's, and you should Google this, you should check it out. I wish I could like do like a um, a graphic into, into a podcast somehow. But you should Google something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And I'll throw it up on my LinkedIn if you're following me on LinkedIn. But it's called the, Dun, the Dunning-Kruger effect. And essentially what it is, is if you were to, Put like your level of confidence versus your level of expertise on a graph. Well, typically what happens is, uh, and I'm trying to think about how I can articulate this in in the simplest way possible. Basically, the way life goes is that whenever you put your mind to something, and let's say it's a new hobby or a new task, Typically, we do it with a lot of confidence and with a, okay, yeah, I wanna try this. I can do this. Well, when we experience our first mega failure, that's when we realize how little we know about an actual topic. A really great example of this would be like advertising. I was like, advertising sounds easy. I can easily do advertising. Well, I mean, how hard can it be? You just throw up an ad, write some text, and it's easy and good and go. Well, I was feeling super confident about it. And about five grand later, and no conversions, I thought, okay, I do not understand advertising. And so in life, what happens is whenever you experience your first failure, it kind of knocks your ego down a peg or two. And you realize, okay, I have so much more to advance in. And as you grow in your self-awareness and you start, it's like pulling weeds in a garden, you start to recognize all these different areas in your life of, oh, I want to work on that. I want to grow in that. Oh, I want to develop that. I want to pull, I mean, that weed is really in there. And so maybe I'm not just going to talk to a friend. Maybe I'm going to go to a conference or maybe I'm going to do like a, a week long intensive or like a podcast series, or I, you know read a book on this and I'm going to really get this this weed uprooted and pulled out of the garden of my life. Well, when we talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect, the people who are those narcissists who don't experience imposter syndrome. These are the people who are at an all-time high for confidence and instead of failure illustrating wow, I have so much I have so much to learn and do, These people lack the self-awareness of seeing their garden accurately, and so they stay at a forever state of, it's not my fault, it's your fault, and or it's, here's all the excuses as to why this couldn't get done. So if you are experiencing imposter syndrome, it means that you have moved past that, and you're on your way up. You've already been knocked down the peg or two. You know, you've already seen the things, the weeds in the garden. You've already seen the things that, you know, don't look right, don't feel right, don't operate right. You are starting to see things in your life that need to improve. And that is that is healthy. It's unhealthy and it's unproductive when it begins to navigate and steer our outcomes. You know, when I started my business, I... um it was so funny cause I would have these weeks. I'd have a week where I felt like I was the rock star of the world. I mean, I was pinging with people. I was making great connections. I felt like things were just working. I was doing like 16 hour days and I was loving it. Like I was working till like nine or 10 o'clock at night. And my wife was, uh, I mean, she was happy for me cause she knew how like I was just throwing myself into this. And then I would have a week go by and another week would come on and I would find myself middle of the day and it's like one or two o'clock in the afternoon and I feel so crippled by depression that I just have to go and lay in my bed because I am so full of despair over lack of outcomes. But even beyond that, I am so deep in my own head on my value who I am, what's worthy about me, and what can I do for other people? You know, and I, I think for me, what, what has been a struggle for my life is I feel so hungry to impact people that when I don't have an opportunity to, opportunity to do that, I start to back up and rethink and reanalyze what is wrong with me as a person. And sometimes, and this is what's so funny about having an outside perspective, is that sometimes the issue isn't your value, the issue is timing. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to like a young entrepreneur or I'll talk to, uh, (laughs) so when I was a camp counselor, I remember talking to a kid who he's like, man, I just want to be a great dad one day. And I'm like, dude, you're 11, you know, you, you will be hopefully many years from now, you know, I mean, I, I get it. Or, or I'll talk to a guy, I was talking to a guy yesterday who he's 18 years old. and He's like, man, I just want to be a, I just want to be a phenomenal business owner. And I'm like, you, you will be, you know, down the road. Right now you just got into college, you're just getting your feet wet. Man, you got to you got to enjoy the ride a little bit. You got to enjoy the journey a little bit. And so it's not always an issue of quality, sometimes it's just an issue of timing. And what I have what I have kind of found myself going through over these last several months of my own business where I've kind of gone it's the pinball machine of imposter syndrome where I go from these moments of I can do this. Oh my gosh, I know what I'm doing to to Uh, oh my gosh, if if, who's going to ever hire me, I mean, who's ever going to pay me another dollar? I mean, what, what am I even doing? You know? And so, so all that to say, I'm, I'm making this podcast out of almost a commitment to myself, even of, I'm not going to give in to those thoughts and those feelings. And, and I, I want to, I want to give you a a few things. I want to give you four things four things to totally demolish this. And the first thing I want to tell you is you need to understand your identity. And that word identity, I I, I use it carefully and everyone has kind of a different definition of it. And, you know, to be totally stereotypically simple, your identity is simply who you are and what's your purpose and why do you exist? And if you cannot answer that question, I mean, that is, that's the stabilizer. That's the thing that recenters you. It's what brings you back. You know, you have the bad day and it's like, okay, okay, let's back up. Why do I exist? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And I, I know this sounds for, I'm sure for some listeners this sounds kind of hokey or silly, but the times that I've been able to break through the most is when I've come with this surge of like ultimate belief of I'm an influencer, I'm impactful. I changed and transformed people's lives and their businesses. And then I, and then in fact, you know, I was, I remember when I was working at my old company, I had, I worked with this client and it was a total bomb of a client. Like I, I just, I got totally, I mean, I should have given them their money back. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. And I was in total despair over it. I remember I came home and I went and sat on my patio. My wife came out and she was like, what's, are you okay? I mean, what's wrong? And I, I couldn't even give the words. I mean, I was so crushed by how bad this went and it had nothing to do with my reputation. I mean, these people didn't even know who I was or like where I worked. It was, it was, I felt like there was such a missed opportunity that I hadn't done what I, what I thought I was going to do going in in the first place. And so the whole thing totally tanked. And I remember I even, I gave in, these thoughts were so pervasive that I even gave into this thought process or this thinking of, you know, uh, I'm never going to do this again. Like, I'm just going to call and quit. And I remember being just like in, I mean, despair is the word I keep thinking of. I just felt so, so much like a failure. I was like, I cannot do this. Well, the next week I had to, go do this, this program with a, uh, another company. And I remember uh, it was a company that was uh, medium, moderately sized. And I was actually, it was a speaking gig. And so I was going to go work with this company and do the speaking gig. And uh, essentially I was going to be like a two hour block and I was really nervous because I had lost all my confidence and, you know, you can't call the client and be like, <laughs> are you guys excited? Cause I really need this boost. It, I mean, I mean, they've, they've paid you and you got to just get up and, you know, pick yourself up and go make it happen. Right. And so I remember I had got there and we had set it all up and we were getting ready to go. And I remember I kind of pulled myself away for a second and I just was just feeling like this in the, in the pit of my stomach. It was wanting this to well up this this sense of, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember telling myself, man, Blake, you are gifted. You're called to do this. You have a purpose of, man, you got to just get out there and own this. And I mean, really own this. And I just, for a moment, I grabbed onto that and I got up front and I started going and doing, it was literally the best outcome of any program I've ever had. Uh, maybe the second best. I mean, it's definitely like a top two or a top three. It was just phenomenal. It was one that the person who owns that company still talks to me about of, of, of man, when you came, people loved you and they really had a great time. They appreciate you made such a difference. And it was all because I came back to this idea of what's my identity. And so on the days that I even feel really down, what I do is I, and here's a real practical thing that you do is I, I start with just a moment of quietness and I start to, I start to answer this question of who am I? What's my identity? And I, I start at my core. And if you're spiritual, you can do this. I'm a spiritual person. Uh, I'm a Christian. So I start with, uh, I start with God. And so I say, you know, who does God say that I am? You know, what is, what is God? How does he define me? And then I move out from there and I say, okay, what does my wife say about me? Uh, This, and this is why it's so important to have an important marriage because that's your best friend. That's your biggest advocate, right? And so I start thinking, okay, what does, what does joy say about me? And I think about all the times that she just speaks life over me and she speaks encouragement over me. And then I go a ring out from there and I say, okay, what do my best friends say about me? Had a really tough time uh, with my business. I had a really awful financial month for my business and a friend of mine he he knew what I was going through and he texted me and he said, Hey, I know how you're probably feeling right now, and I want you to know that you're an expert, that you're gonna make a difference, and you just gotta hang in there. I got a text from another friend this past weekend who said, Hey man, I know this is random, but I just want you to know how much I believe in you and how much I I just support what you're doing and you can do it, man. And and just was just, you know, giving me all of this encouragement. And so I think about what do my best friends say about because these are the people who would tell me. You know, because I've had people who they've started businesses and they've asked me, what do you think about this?" And I've said, "Eh, I don't know about that. Right. And so these are people who are saying, man, you can do it. Hang in there. And then I go, I go a ring out farther than that. I mean, what do people who don't know me super well say about me? And then I go beyond that. What do people who I've worked with or people who just vaguely know me? What do they say about me? And And all of these things are to help me recenter myself for what is actually true about me in my life. So I can go out there and make the right decisions. And so that actually leads into my next point. Number two, you have to create fuel for yourself. You have to create reminders for yourself of of what that truth is. And so I have, you know, everything that is encouraging to me, I write it down and I keep it somewhere so that if I have just the, the worst all be all end all types of days, I can, I can bring that up. Right. And so, and it's not like to stroke your own ego, you have those things because when you're in the moment of despair or lowliness or whatever, you you can't trust your mind. That's what's so insidious about imposter syndrome is you can't trust what you think about yourself. And so that day that I went out and I sat on the patio, my wife uh, went inside and I didn't know what she was doing. And you know, I was kind of like, man, I'd really like some uh, encouragement out here. I mean, you just disappeared on me. Well, you know, I go back inside after about an hour or so, and we had this old cork board. And she had, uh, we had, I had already left, no, I I hadn't left my job yet, but I had a stack of some things I had taken from my office. And some of them were like thank you cards. And and I've been fortunate enough to have some clients who uh, have sent me thank you cards in the mail or sent me notes or, or what have you. Well, I walked into my office and my wife had put this cork board up on the wall and she had written out and she had cut out construction paper and it said victory board. And she had pasted it on there and she was tacking these thank you cards up on the corkboard. And I was like, right off the bat, I was like, really? Like, really? Are, are we really going to do this? like, come on, really? And she's like, no, like I, we're going to put it up there. And anytime you have a tough day or, or a bad day, I want you to remember what your clients have said about you, people who've worked with you, what they've said about you. And so I have this now up in my office, just a few feet away from me right now. So that when I have tough days, I can look to that because I need to be reminded what is actually true about me. And I have to be helped to know and to gain that fuel that I need to actually go out and make the difference that I'm called to make. The third piece of advice I want to give you, the third thing you can do is I want to challenge you. You got to ignore the lies in your life. And here's, let's make this even more, let's take this even one step further out you're going to get criticism for the rest of your life. You are going to have people who are incredibly harsh with their words and they're going to say things that can totally level you. What's important is you have to choose not to give power to those people. And so I mentioned the person in my life a few years ago who said some things about ego, whatever about me. And even if part of that was rooted in truth, I have to determine, and the expression that I love, sometimes I tell it to my coaches especially coaches who are getting hard truths, maybe from their own employees is you have to be able to eat the fish and spit out the bones. You have to be able to take what you can from it and spit out everything. It doesn't mean you just take the parts you like about it. It's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to digest what I can. I'm going to spit out the rest and move on. And I, I think about even like, this is maybe like maybe three or four weeks ago, I had someone who reached out to me and gave me, Uh, I had put something out on social media and this person just, I don't know why they, I don't know if this, I don't know if they were just angry by it. I I didn't even know this person. I didn't know why they felt so motivated to do this, but they started a conversation with me and they say, Blake, you need to delete what you posted on Facebook. And I go, Oh, or, uh, I can't remember where I, I put it actually. And, and I think it was like on pay or, or something to do with, uh, it might've been after my episode on, uh, social media and sales, but he was like, and he didn't just say, Hey, I disagree with what you think. Uh, and part of this is like the outrage culture we live in where we always have to like elevate our, how outraged we are. But he said, that is some of the worst advice you have ever said. You need to delete this because not only are you giving terrible advice, you are going to ruin countless of other people's businesses. And he just didn't pull any punches. I mean, he just was so ferocious in his criticism of me and it knocked me down a peg or two. I remember thinking like, wow, I need to quit. I needed to quit five months ago. I mean, it rocked me to my core. And I just, you know, I sat on it for about an hour and then I said, you know what? That's just, it's just the nature of the game. There are going to be people who do not like what you're doing, who don't approve of you. You know, it's, it's, I've mentioned before, no matter how good of a leader you are, you're going to have people who love you and you're going to have people who say that was the worst boss I've ever had in my entire life. It's just the nature of the game, right? But what I, I've said this before, I think what is absolutely true is for every person who hates on you, dislikes you, criticizes you. If you are grounded in making an impact, there are 10 more for every one. There are 10 more who think you're a totally phenomenal person, that you have impacted, changed their life, whatever. I think what's funny is a lot of times we choose to listen to the one as opposed to the 10, you know, because we want it. We're completionists. We want 100%. We don't want 99%. We want, a, we want every person to be able to say X, Y, and Z about us. And it's just not the way life goes. And then the last thing, the fourth piece of advice I have is you got to hold yourself accountable. And I think part of that, it starts with people in your own life. I have people that I have to go to and say, man, I'm struggling. Can you help me? You have to have people who can help you stay re-centered in your life so you can press on and make the impact that you're called to make. Number one, understand your identity. Number two, create fuel for your life. Number three, uh, ignore the lies and accept whatever criticism people are going to give to you. And four, find people to hold yourself accountable. Uh, man, I'm I, I've made this episode because I want to declare for my own life, man. I want to break free of imposter syndrome, and I hope you feel motivated as well. Because I can't, I I, I can't, I, I, I can't articulate this enough that our lives are so short. And thus, the need to have the impact we want is so great, we can't let ourselves be the ones who keep us from actually going on and making that happen. Go out and continue to do on good works, continue to do on with with good deeds and making the influence that we're all capable of making. Continue to grow on, press on, grind on, learn, develop, absolutely continue to push yourself to develop who you are as a person. But don't let imposter syndrome be the momentum killer that keeps you from going to the next level. Thanks so much for listening. Man, if you like this episode, I would appreciate it if you either shared it or, heck, man, reach right out to me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I always respond to every single email that I get. And so, if this was encouraging, if you want to have a conversation, if you want to hash this out, if I can encourage you further, I want you to reach out to me, uh, shoot me an email. I'd love to chat. New episode will be coming here in a few days. Otherwise, enjoy, we're in April, enjoy your April, enjoy the spring weather, and I will talk to you very soon. See ya.